All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, everybody. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 180. Bag Milk, Dan, Rick, and Tyler here. As always, it's Friday afternoon. we got a lot to talk about. Edmonton Oilers rolling right now, as we do every single week. We're going to start off with our oodle noodle delicious debate. We did not come up with one unless Ooh. Tyler's got something off the top of his oh, head yeah. that he has not yet mentioned to us. Tyler? Oh, fuck you. That's a yikes. Uh, we did not come up with a delicious debate. We're recording 43 <laughs> minutes later than we usually do, and we didn't come what up. What the hell is going on? Yeah. That's actually a great button. Hit. You. you did that blindly. Yeah. Uh, oodle noodle delicious debate. What is the biggest change that you've seen from the Oilers since Jay Woodcroft took over? That's a nice little impromptu question. I like that. He just Tyler came up fly. with that in the, on the last fly. second. That's on the fly. Awesome. Yeah. He learned, that in, job, he learned that in radio school. That's yeah, all yeah. that daily face off time. You've it's almost blocked. like I spend all day talking about the Oilers. Yes. Improv skills improving over for the Remchuk household. We had a thing in radio school. It was like a little assignment. You got graded on it and you'd sit down with the instructor and they would just lob a word at you and you'd have to talk about it for a minute. Oh, That's word right. association. I like yeah. that. That's fun. Tyler. Apples go. Yep. No, and we're not doing this. You, you <laughs> have you failed. You have failed. Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Hopkins. Delicious debate. Ryan Nugent Hopkins collecting apples like crazy. Tyler crystal. <laughs> Caroline's crystals. There they you were go. One of the See, reasons the Oilers were, uh, were able to win so much early in the season. Then she stopped and they got cold. Well, blame mm. Caroline. Yep. Delicious debate. Biggest change since Jay Woodcroft has come in. Mr. Uremchuk, your question. I'm starting with you. You're at the end of the table. Uh, motivation. Team looks to be playing a lot more motivated. They look to be playing with a lot more passion and purpose. And I know those words may sound like a little bit weird, but I, I stand by this. Like I really do think that the coaching change sparked the team in a way that a lot of us thought it would. And 
they're playing really strong. There's more scrums in a game now. I think they're finishing their checks a little bit more. Part of this is the arrival of, of Evander Kane, but I do also think a part of this sort of new style they're playing and this new sort of swagger they have is in fact because of the coaching change. I think it kind of woke some guys up. Rick? I think it's uh, it's a little bit of two things. I think confidence is through the roof right now, but I think they got to that confidence by um, by spreading out the ice time uh, more evenly, I guess you could look at. You've seen it in, in interviews from guys on on just kind of telling you, you know what, the, this coach, that coach... You can see if you've seen it, they just, I don't think, uh, I don't think Tippett was very flexible. I think he was kind of uh, rigid and now you have a, a flexible coach coming in here who's coaching the players, not just trying to be a head coach of a team, but he's actually coaching the players in order to make their game better. And I think that's kind of where their confidence has gone up. Tyler, word association, portage. Portage. That's when you carry a canoe on the top of your head, right? <laughs> yes. Nice. You have a minute that you have to fill though. Uh, Dan, what's the biggest difference with, uh, with Jay Woodcroft on the bench? Well, one of my favorite wrestling uh, times to be alive was the attitude era. And I think we've entered a new attitude era in this Edmonton team. Was that uh, stone cold? That was, yeah, that was during the two thousands nineties. That was good. Uh, wrestling. Mid nineties, yeah. like 97 ish management, management versus the machine kind of idea. And so for this team, for me, it's just been an attitude thing. And when this team has gone down and it's happened, you know, in, in the last three games, I think we've been down twice and it just doesn't feel like this team is done when they go to the bench they're actively being coached still in there. And it, it's not just a, it doesn't just feel like they're going back to the bench to, to have a coach staring down at them, feeling like I know what I did wrong and I need to fix it kind of thing. Instead, it's here's what we're going to do to fix it. And this team is relentless and it's, and it's carrying out of the Manson and the Woodcroft kind of style of coaching. So I love it. It's, it's been fantastic to watch. It's just been neat to watch this team with a new era of an attitude and, uh, and an ability to, to fight through some of the it, tribulations that they had before. It has been interesting to see. And I get part of it too, is just cause he's a coach early on familiarizing himself, but like Woodcroft in the ear of the players a lot. And it doesn't look like he's in their ears scolding them. It looks like no, it's, it's just, just legit conversations talking. going down. Well, a lot of the players have talked about that, right? Just the attention to detail and what it's like to have that communication going. We're going to get to that in a sec. But the biggest difference for me is just the general vibes are just so much more positive. When you listen to Jay Woodcroft speak, be it before practice, after games, the way he talks is very interesting. His word choice is interesting. It's very flowery in a sense, and it's very positive. He always puts the team first. I... Unless I've missed something, I've yet to hear him call somebody out or say anything about a specific player unless he was asked specifically about somebody. And I think that's really interesting. It's always team, 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 team. And I think the players are responding to that because let's be honest, they were a little bit fragile after the last eight, 10 weeks. No, we'll see what happens though. After they get a couple of losses in a row, yep. like it's inevitable. It's probably going to happen. Never um, undefeated. God, I love that. It's, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I do believe that this coach is, just better at coaching the players, not necessarily just being the head coach of the team, but he's coaching. And you're seeing that from the defense side too. And that this, this seven defenseman thing, um, it seems like such a simple idea that I'm actually kicking myself for not thinking of it before. Like you have a couple, you could have been the head coach. Yeah. yeah. Or at least I could be sitting here going, you know what I guys, I told you to do that. I told you to do that. I did it. Now it works. It's just, you have a couple of rookies and all of a sudden, you know, 18, 19 minutes is too much, but you've, Put in a third guy. You've got the offensive power to, uh, they're playing with 10 guys anyways. 
They're not even using an 11th player. We've seen yeah. it with Devin Short, right? Yeah. Um, so they're not even using all 12 players. They're not even using 11. They're using 10. Why not utilize that with the defense and, and kind of spread out the minutes a little bit more and let those uh, let those rookies handle those minutes better? Devin Short is having a hashtag bad time. Well, and to talk to your point too, Rick, about the defense and the <laughs> and the addition of those guys couldn't have couldn't have had these injuries to the defense happen at a better time with this coaching change, having Woodcroft come in and he's able to work with guys that he's been working with at the AHL level in Nima line and in Broberg and the struggles that we saw with those guys specifically when Dave Tippett was the head coach, where he would just immediately bench them and never mm-hmm. see from them for the rest of the game is not the case anymore. These guys are allowed to make mistakes and allowed to have issues that then they work through. It's, it's been phenomenal to watch. I, I, I think that's a great point as well. And like the way Manson's been able to work with the young guys who he'd be familiar with and also just sort of make this sort of not scrap heap blue line, but it's spare parts right now, right? It's seven D man. No one's playing with the same pairing. Manson's making it work. And it has me thinking that, okay, you're going to get Duncan Keith back eventually. Maybe you go out and get a really good lefty at the deadline as well. And it's like, how, how good can Dave Manson make that blue line that we might be looking at in six weeks here after the deadline? And another thing that's a difference is they're feistier. You can give some of that credit to Evander Kane. He's spicy out there. That's the way he plays. Like he popped uh, Brendan Lemieux in the mush the other day. So I funny. loved it. Some people hate this, but you got to give it to their goalie too. Mike Smith sure. has always brought that Mike Smith has bought very, very well. But I also just think that it's nice seeing guys get in the pile. It's nice seeing scrums. You don't see NHL teams that never get into that shit. And I thought that the others weren't a lot early in the season, but now they seem to be playing for each other a little bit more passionately. Well, and Marcus Niemelainen embodies that completely. And here's a guy that now is allowed to go out and take the body in a lot more situations. He has a different flavor on the back end because he is just a destroyer of worlds. I don't know where his ceiling is or how good he'll ever be, but let me tell you one thing that guy loves to throw his carcass around like a fucking torpedo out there. Big body to throw around. four hits last night in 1357. We talked about distribution of minutes a little bit. Do you guys know, like I have in front of me, Dan, no cheating, which defense, which defenseman, played the most minutes last night for the others. Is it CC? I I'm still going to guess it's Daryl. You're guessing Daryl. You're guessing CC. Let's go Barry. Yeah. You had some, he's getting some PK MPP time. Cody CC played the most minutes last night and it was only 20 minutes and 12 seconds. Darnell yeah. nurse played 1958. And the other thing too, it's almost like, I think I heard this conversation on the B-Cast yesterday, Bag Milk. I forget who was on it with you, um, but they Very were handsome young man. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when you look at nurses minutes at five on five specifically over the last couple of games, it's really, really fallen off as well. Like he was second to CC in minutes overall, but he only played 14 minutes at five on five that game. And he only played 11 minutes at five on five against LA the night before. That's because he has given opportunities to the bottom three. Yeah. And just like, even I'm thinking about the back to backs too. Monday, Tuesday, Darnell nurse didn't play crazy minutes in those games. Whereas if Dave Tippett was still here, he probably would have played 26, 27, both nights. It's got to wear on a guy, even though Daryl's got the toolbox to play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the, yeah, you've got the, you've got the wind to be able to get through the game, but it takes away from you mentally. You kind of break down. You don't really think things through very well. Uh, When you're more refreshed, you have a, you're just a better player and we're, we're seeing it right now. It makes me wonder, like, what do you do when Keith comes back? Like, uh, if Keith comes back, you Robert goes down, I imagine. And Nima Linen plays over Legison. But all of a sudden, now you're going to be asking, how, what do you, how many minutes did Nima Linen play last night? Nima Linen played 13.57. How many shorthanded minutes did he play? 2.58. Because at 13 minutes, you're looking at, is that is that what he's going to be able to play with a six defenseman rotation? 
you would imagine he'd play more, but I just even find the interesting thing is well, that he's going to have to play more, but can he play more? Is that going to be a point where he kind of gets into, into, into deep? Is that why, is that why they're looking so good right now? Cause all three of those guys are playing, you know, 13, 14 minutes and it's being spread out nicely. Do we think that this seven defenseman thing is going to go away? If it's worth, I don't think it's going to go away. It goes away when Duncan Keith comes back. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think they might play Lagos in a Nima line and then just have Keith come in for Broberg. I I get though. The point would be probably that there wouldn't be enough minutes to go around at that point. That's kind of of what I was thinking. I guess, you know, with this coach, he was doing 11 and seven a lot down in Bakersfield all the time. Um, I guess maybe at that point, yeah, you'd have to kind of like look at Duncan Keith and say, listen, this is the way we're what doing it. What the hell is going on? This is, the way, Tyler. this is the way it's going to go now. And you, you, you hitting the sorry, table. you don't like it, but well, and the, the reality is too, like having these minutes spread out the Oilers, like next week's a little bit lighter, three games, including the Sunday game against Minnesota. <laughs> Those are three heavy, <laughs> heavy, four, heavy, four games, heavy, heavy games. Yeah. No, like the schedule. So Sunday, Minnesota, Wednesday, Tampa, Saturday, Florida, Sunday, Carolina. That is a Go. fucking murderer's row of games right there. Perfect. That's, that's, this team needs that right now. What do you want to say, Tyler? You're, I was just going to say, it shows you how messed up the schedule is down the stretch that we're sitting here being like, oh, wow, light week. You just got to play Tampa, Florida, and mini. Like, only three <laughs> games. Like, man, that's crazy. Like, you look at March, three games, three games, three games, four games. Like, they're just, they got to play so much hockey from here down the to the end that maybe 11 and seven and keeping and it that way makes more sense. That's why I wonder if they're going to keep it that way. Cause even with 11 and seven, I'm looking at the forward time on ice as well. Mm-hmm. The highest minutes for a forward last night was Leon Dreisaitl at 23, 10. And he's played well beyond that. This and he's, but he's also getting PK and PB time. Exactly. Too, right? Exactly. So I think that I, I wonder if he's just going to run with 11, seven. Hey, so, listen, if, if they're doing 11, seven and Duncan Keith comes back and they keep doing 11, seven, yeah. all of a sudden your Lajeson, your Broberg, your Neem line are getting a lot more experience. Does that make uh, Duncan Keith next year go, you know what? Maybe I just go out to Kelowna. He should retire. He should. He should have an, he should He's enjoy all the these fruits in, of his career. All He's these injuries, it. all these injuries had this year. And then he only gets paid what a buck and a half next year. Yeah. I mean, he deserves you know, it. if anybody deserves he would LTIR himself up. though, like you wouldn't, if you're Keith, oh, you're not like, going to be like, no, no, you should no. Have that conversation sooner rather than later though, because <laughs> this LTIR thing is going to change. I, I like daily face-off is causing enough. Yeah, but he won't, he won't there. be LTIring himself in order to come back for the playoffs. He'll just be doing the one year to take oh, yeah, his money. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want those checks. Coming. Chris Pronger in it. I think though, if anybody deserves yes. some time in the sun and a nice glass of sangria, Duncan I'm Keith. Want, you, man, he wanted the trade thing. out here to be closer to his family. <laughs> Duncan, one more step closer. This might That's be a, a thing. joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Is that too far? Sorry. <laughs> this might be an actual thing. Maybe that's why he paid so much because he knew in the long run, this year two is going to be, uh, it was going to be pro Edmonton, that, 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 that whole trade. And to be fair, uh, Duncan Keith's actually been pretty good this season. Yeah. He has. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pumping his tires the whole time. And even I'm at, at this point, I'm like, if we can get these young kids moving up, that money is so, so, so important to us. Yep. So there you go. Delicious debate from DoorDash. What's changed a whole lot. Seems like over the last four games, utilization, roster deployment, vibes, all of it. So it all falls on. Well, I was going to say one set of shoulders, but two sets of shoulders. Yeah. Great yeah. debate. Sherwood Ford and Tyler. It's oodle noodle. Yeah. Oodle noodle. Oodle noodle too. Yep. Ford also oh, and he doesn't get a fucking button for saying that, <laughs> eh? Just start yelling. Companies. Oh, death code. There we go. 
You're going to wear those out now. People aren't going to think they're funny when we do hot and cold performers. Well, you got that they thought they were funny before. No, if, but what if, if I push this one here? If it waits a couple more minutes. Yeah, oh, see, yeah. now you're back to the generic ones. The Just longer, don't touch the top two. Touch the top well, two. Well, no, no that's our X. Thanks for listening yeah. to another episode. <laughs> he knew as soon as he said, don't touch the top two, he's going to yeah. touch the top two. I didn't know that. <laughs> thought we could have a moment of maturity on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, you are talking to the wrong hombre, my friend. Were you guys back in the studio last week? Yep. Uh, you guys were. I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We didn't have enough wires and mics or something. First time four of us all back in back in the saddle though. That's I good. think so. It's good. Shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle for the delicious debate. Of course, you can find Oodle Noodle on DoorDash. Ding dong. It's Friday afternoon. You don't want to cook. You've worked enough this week. Order yourself something delicious from our friends at DoorDash. Uh, I'm going to stick with Woodcroft right now. He became the first coach in Oilers franchise history to start off a 3-0 run. He's now 4-0. I love, first of all, I love that they're winning games again. Just feels good. Last night on the B-Cast, Tyler and I were talking about how funny it is that the Oilers are now, what is it, Tyler? They're like 10-2 and something. Yeah, they're nine, two and one, I think in their last 12 games. And (laughs) there's a fucking coaching fire. There's a coaching fire, like in the, like towards the back half of that, even like people forget they were five Oh and one. And then they just randomly lost to Vegas and Chicago. And they look so uninspired in those games. So they're too flat tired. Those are just a rigid coach, man. It was. Can you imagine if they would have been Chicago though? Like in the moment we all would, if someone, if a genie would have came and been like, Hey, I can give you an automatic win against Chicago. We all would have been like, yep, take it. But if they would have won that game, Dave Tippett's still the head coach. There's yes. no chance they fire him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, hey? Another there thing that's been interesting about Jay Woodcroft is players talking about the differences. So I've, uh, if you watched Derek Ryan's post-game interview last night, talking about what it's like to earn opportunities and how fe- good it feels and how hockey is more than a two-man game and how it's nice to actually have the opportunity and the chance to go out and try and make a difference. He's now on a three-point uh, three game point streak. Warren Fogel also said something similar. He says with Woody here, great nickname by Classic the way, Woody. with Woody here, there's a huge amount of direction and detail and it makes a huge different, huge difference when everyone knows what we're doing. Huh. Again, this is coming down to coaching. It's coaching. I said this a while ago. I think this roster is built. Okay. It just has to be coached properly. And I don't think Tippett was doing it. He was not playing the bottom six players. It wasn't playing the young guys. Now, all of a sudden you've got a coach or two coaches in here who are willing to coach these players, how to, how to be successful with these minutes and look where we are all of a sudden. And it just shows like for these guys as well, communication is incredibly important. So for Warren Fogel to say what it's a huge difference when everyone knows what we're doing, a little bit surprising when a guy's been around two and a half years as a head coach. And that's the, one of the first takes on his new guy. No. I know Warren Fogel's new this year, but same. yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't read those as like direct shots though. I don't, I don't read it as direct shot, but it's just like the difference between yeah. it's as like an apple and an orange. Yeah, you know? you're pumping one guy's That's, tires, trying to explain what he's doing. Well, it's yeah. just when you look at it like that, you're like, well, the opposite has to be able from, from the other play from the other coach. And that's, that's kind of where we are. Cody CC today talking about the young defenseman. Sorry, this just popped up on my Twitter. CC on the young D men stepping up quote. They're familiar with the systems and the coaches. And I think that helps them out a lot. They've been playing great for us. I, I think that it, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say, and I'm not saying that you said that Rick, but I think some people said have said that Dave Tippett's a bad coach. It's no, I think not he's rigid. I he's just a think, good coach. I think what it is for the me 90s. is that, yeah, it's that, it's that mentality of you coach in the practices and you 
are just there in the game. See, and I don't whereas, think he was really coaching in the whereas, practices either, though. Whereas I feel like Woodcroft is the active coach, right? And he's he's, he's constantly, yeah, he's constantly got something to say or something to help you make your game a little bit better. And I think that that especially with the generation of players that are coming along now, that is a really positive. You way need to, to you things. need to know how to talk to the young people nowadays. Yep. I'm in a I'm in a an industry where I'm in that same boat. I have nothing besides the. Kids in their mid twenties. Me too. You know, Tyler. Yeah. You got to learn how to talk to them. Yeah. When they do the gritty for you in the office, you have to support them. Bagged milk. (laughs) That is true. Yeah. You can do it now. We have a camera on. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Go ahead. Oh, come on now. You know, listeners are going to get irritated with that. I really doubt it. Cause you know what? Whose podcast is going very well, Tyler. And I play a lot of sound effects on it. This podcast is going well, David. <laughs> They're going to like it just because they know how much Tyler's going to hey. dislike it right away. Yeah. We're, so if you, it, we're coming off our most downloaded episode ever. Yeah. I wasn't on it. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Like if you're listening to this right now and you're not watching the video stuff that Waz does, I'm sitting next to the roadcaster. Tyler does not like when I push buttons, but he's nowhere near me. Oh, so the decision here, usually I sit over by the monitor. Yep. And I handle the buttons and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to get more video content up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to film it. You don't like being on camera. I got so you, you shift over a little. Yep. And then it's me, Dan, and Rick in frame. But that means I'm on the other side of the room from my roadcaster. Yeah. Which is my next project is to make that corner where you are like flippable, where the monitors can just sort of like swivel. And then I could sit there and actually produce the show like I should be. And then you'd be over here where I am out of frame. Stop it. Nobody wants that. <laughs> You got lucky. You didn't even know what that button that was. That was a good one. You, Nobody like, wants that. Yeah, you've hit two good ones today. It doesn't matter what he hits. He can pivot with it. Yeah. yeah. Tyler, yeah. word association. Table. One minute. Go. Multiplication table. Mm-hmm. All right. What's okay. nine times nine? <laughs> Maybe shit time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. I actually saw Kareem downstairs. I did. Randomly. From Cornerstone. Can you believe it? I don't. Of course. I literally don't. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton with all the products you could ever hope to have. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need, they are here for you. Make sure you're covered. Make sure you're properly insured. I promise you. It will be worth it if you ever need it. Cornerstoneins.ca. Again, Cornerstoneins.ca. Left-hand side of the screen, there's a little button that says Citizens of the Nation. Click that, baby. Get a discount. Good? Good. Of course. Of course. Uh, one thing I want to talk about here, this was making the rounds yesterday on Twitter. There's an animal out there. We are a company of DGENs, by the way. If you followed any of the nation staff last night during the Oilers game against the Ducks, you saw us all tweeting out our bets. Who was putting money where? I live bet them last night. What was the live bet? When they uh, down got, by two? No, when they went down one nothing, I was sitting there. I was like, they're not losing this hockey game. Anaheim looks terrible. And I got them at uh, in regulation plus 150, I think. I like Should've that. Waited until we were down two nothing. Well, and then Anaheim scored, and I was like, "Gah!" And both I... those goals were just kind of—they were good, lucky tips. Smith should have had them. That's what Tyler said. I can't argue that too much, like... but at the end of the day, if you're if you're going to shit on your goalie for tipping goals, yeah, those aren't the worst ones. I'm not me. necessarily shitting on him. No, if you're going to say, I, I understand where you're coming from because I, I I did sit there and go, you know what? Yeah, you want a save or two out of those. A high end goalie stops both those for you. John Gibson stops both those, but he didn't. Would he though? He had a bad game. That's <laughs> Cause First he period he did. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Like okay, a stud a goalie, period. a stud goalie and your goalie is to be your best penalty killer. I didn't really blame the PK on those. 
Actually, Niemalainen could have taken Sonny Milano or Broberg, whoever it was, could have taken Milano out of the front of the crease better. But still, I, I think those are two stoppable pucks is my point. Okay, well, I'm going to, so I was going to talk about the guy who put down a big bet on the Oilers, but I'm going to push that down for a second because Tyler brought up special teams. What do you make of the special teams right now? The PK allowed something like, I wrote it in the wrap-up last night, but I don't remember exactly what it was. The Oilers have allowed goals in like nine of 16 or something like that on the PK. Power play is struggling. What's your take on it, Rick? That one didn't bug me too much last night because those are just two weird tip-ins from weird spots that you're most likely not going to be uh, be able to duplicate too often. So for the most part, I've been happy with it with the PK. I like Ryan McLeod out there. I like the, the combo of Nuge and Hyman. Um, I've been okay with the way Smitty's been playing in that. I think he moves a little bit more than, um, than Skinner. Or, yeah, than Stu does. And I think the way that Stu doesn't move as much, it kind of gives you a little more confidence in, in his positioning and whatnot, but Schmidt is keeping the puck out and the power play. We've seen this a lot before where the team kind of buckles down and they go through three or four games of two, one, three, two type of games where they win them. And then the offense starts to get going again. I kind of expect that to happen out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the power play. I think it's just too good to keep going this way but it's nice knowing that that second line is being utilized and they can go out there and score that goal by uh, that goal by Kane last night. Huge goal. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what you want from that spot right there. Dan, what do you see in on special teams, both PK and PP? Well, for me uh, specifically to the ducks team, that's a, that's the seventh ranked power play coming into the game. So it's not like they have a bad power play. Uh, and they were, they've been 20 seconds since the start of January though. There you go. Um, but, uh, but for me, the duck, when I look at this duck team, I see a team like the Oilers back when we had the Eberlays and the halls and that kind of thing. So I feel like they're yeah. like just a good power play team. They have a ton of talent that comes out. And like you said, with the Milano thing, Milano goal that I, I saw that coming from, mm-hmm. from when he was behind the net, like he just got into position and it was way too easy to stand there. So, um, yeah, for me, I think that there's, I hope that there's a little bit of an adjustment happening for the team trying to, you know, learn the way that we're going to PK this way. But yeah, I, I, I didn't look at much of the ducks power play and say that, that the Oilers did anything bad. It just wasn't great. The yeah. problem I had with the Milano goal was not Smith. It was that Trevor Zegers had all the time and space he needed along the boards to do a little dipsies and doodles and find somebody. Yeah. Well, and you got to hit, you got to make Milano earn that blue paint, but yeah. he was like yeah. just ducked in there. And then he was like, I'm right here. And that's that it. was Dave Manson in the nineties. He would have fucking clubbed him well, over the head. Things would have been a lot different. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. What about the power play? What are you guys seeing in the power play? Just Vander Kane scored a, a goal. They were one for four last night. Second unit. Second unit. Second unit. Yeah. So that's another difference. If you're talking about what Woodcroft's done, he started the second unit in the third period as well. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. It's almost like inexplicable for me because they, if they don't win the face off and, and maybe this is the explanation, maybe it's not inexplicable. Their zone entries are just very, very poor. If they aren't winning, winning that first draw, you can write off the power play right now because they go back. Maybe they're too predictable. I don't know what it is, but they cannot gain the zone right now. And that's a big, big concern for me. And also, I'm just sick of Tyson Berry. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Why Tyler, is he? I why, why? Why? On the on the power play? I get it. I get how he's a drain on a lot of areas, but on the power play, I don't <laughs> think he's like terrible, terrible. So I think he it? makes a lot of bad decisions when it comes to when to shoot the puck. I think it's a lot of shots when traffic isn't established in front and shots off his back foot from deep in the blue line. He's and those driving sexy nuts. Reg as the shin pad assassin too. I, I think at five on five, he's very subpar, but I know we're talking about the, the power play right now. I just, I look at that and it's like, man, if you could, if anyone would take him for free, you do it right now. I do think he had a bad game yesterday. 
Yeah. That first period, he was getting rattled. He's getting run around. I was like, again, you got paid four and a half million dollars a year (laughs) to just be good on the power play. If you're not going to be good on the power play, what are we doing here? Never never mind even good. You need to be great on the power play. If you're getting four and a half bills a year just to do that. And it's not even like we brought him in to be a power play quarterback per se, because he doesn't have a shot to really, to really do that. And and like you said, Tyler, he's been smoking shin pads on the power plate. Like that one, a couple games or just before Tippett got fired, where he, where he shot it and the guy cleared it out into the neutral zone and they got a shorthanded attempt out of it. Like, Yeah. yeah, I'm with you right there. Like Barry should not be, should definitely not be the goal. The defenseman that starts a power play. It's just like, that just seems silly to me. Would you rather have him or nurse out there? Daryl. Daryl and then Bouchard and like, well, yeah, but Bouchard can't play all of it. So yeah. you have to, have, uh, you have to choose, like, for, sure. you have to choose like for the second. Yeah. And then you have to realize like there's, there's guys on the second unit. The second unit is actually being used. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that is a part of it. Maybe it's just a conversation of building two balanced units. Right. And that's why they want Daryl and Bouchard out there with unit two, yeah. because you want to give that unit the good the guys. You're going to use them more. Offense goes down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that is all it is. And, but that top unit, you need to get them going like come playoff time or you just forget. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We're coming one of the playoffs. I know. Well, hopefully, um, <laughs> uh, coming down the stretch, like you need that top unit firing on all cylinders. Cause you're not always going to be the better five on five team. Like you are going to need some games where your power play bails you out a little bit, especially if Connor is actually drawing some penalties right now. So yesterday when he got called on that penalty at the end of the second period, it was right in front of where I was sitting down in the corner and he looked and I was trying to read his lips. And I think what I got was like, when that happens to me, you don't call it. And it, you could tell he like, I, you could tell the words like when it happens. And I was like, Oh yeah, he's definitely bitching about like, yeah, yeah, like finish the sentence. He's bitching about how he doesn't get that call at all. That was like when, uh, what would that have been? Yesterday was Thursday on Wednesday when Evander Kane got a penalty and you could hear him on the hot mic. That's a really bad call. Yeah, that was a terrible. Did you hear the ref in the Columbus game? So good. Shut the fuck up. So good. I love it. I love that. I don't don't mind the barking back and forth. I like it too. I would pay if there was an NHL network where I could hear people mic'd up. Do you remember when the, when like the CFL or the CBC went on strike for the CFL and they just had, they just had mics and that was it. Seriously? No one, no announcers or anything yet. And it was just the sounds uh, of the Some game. baseball teams do that like once a year. It's like the sounds of the park day and they just like throw on the camera and just some hot mics littered around and that's risky. Uh, well, yeah. like, well, I, and I think someone, some baseball teams are doing it. They're doing it. They're so doing it still in, a producer yeah. and yeah, someone delay. Think, yeah, I think they're the only doing it for like half of an inning too, just to kind of show people what it's like, but not necessarily. Hey, not listen, that's part of the, that's part of the best part about going to ball games, man. You just sit back and enjoy the sounds of the yeah, uh, atmosphere. That's great. Another good thing that uh, I enjoy when it comes to sports, putting a couple of shekels down, we were starting on it. Yeah. We didn't get there, but somebody, one of you animals out there and I love it. $110,000. I love it. Down on the Oilers to win the Stanley cup. The I potential return is four point something million. Whew. Can you imagine they make the final and you got to hedge that fucker? Or if you don't, I mean, you're, oh, you sell the ticket. Yeah. That's yeah, one of those yeah, ones yeah, you could the, sell the, the ticket out or something. What yeah. was I don't one? know if I'd be, I, I, dude, if you're in that spot going into like, you're about to, to start, you know, the, the final mm-hmm. and it's 4.5 if you win. And I don't know what the buyback would be. Let's just call it 2 million for shits and giggles. Do you take your two? Yeah. I take it. You go on. I take it. Yeah. You, you go put 2 million on whoever they're playing to win the cup. Right. Especially if the team they're playing is underdogs. 
And then that way you're winning two points. I like points how that's where your like, head went. I just said, I just no, take no, $2 I'm taking my $2 million. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I have no and money to hedge are, this shit. Me and Rick are on the same boat here. Because we put just thinking about another gambling You only point. put 110 well, down, right? So you're not putting, <laughs> yeah. all of a that's, sudden that's 200 times your fucking money. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you would need to get like a, like, I don't even know how you could get $2 million in like a book to take the bet for you, obviously. Yeah, but, no, I'm just taking my head. Like, yeah, you can sell your ticket right now. We'll give you $2 million or, you know, you can hold it and try and go for your 4.5. I'll take my two. Right I'll now. take the two. But all do you day. remember or there was a story about that with the St. Louis Blues when they won the cup and when they were dead last in January, a Blues fan put I think yep. hundred bucks on the Blues to win and it That's paid so out three hundred sixty thousand. And they're going into Game Seven and he did a thing and they're like, "Are you hedging?" And he was like, "Absolutely not, go yeah. Blues." It's like, bro. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they what? There was someone that, with football this year. They they put it on on Twitter or whatever, and dude walked in there, could have sold it for whatever, and he, it's a million dollar ticket instead. And they're sitting down and film and yeah, they watch it. And said well and so what tyler said there is is like what you can do too is you could also just tease tease the line whatever you need it to be your wager to make that two million off the other team you don't even yeah, so have the, to put bet, the, two million the down, bet but. the bet would have to be so huge because the odds have come down so far now that you're only one of two well teams. like let's say you're going into a series right so the o's going into a series they're playing whoever in the cup final let's say it's like an underdog too so their favorites they're playing boston in the cup final oilers versus halsey who wins i don't know uh anyways you're sitting there and you want to guarantee yourself two million dollars and you're going to win four million if the oilers win the cup you just go put Two million on the Bruins to win. You'd have to find that this, money though. This <laughs> is, a, is not a paid sponsorship for the person that put that bet down. Yep. And only um, you know where you can't do that though. In Nashville, oh, I Nashville know. trip is up everywhere. Dan, where you get details for that? Head over to any of our social media platforms and or just Google Nation Vacation Nashville nationgear.ca as well. I got, I got a little more, I got a betting question to throw you guys because as we're sitting here, I'm obviously on, you know, scrolling around looking at some bets. Leon Dreisaitl to win the Rocket Richard is plus 280. Do it. Ooh. Interesting. Connor McDavid to lead the league in points is even money right now. Dreisaitl plus 160. That's, that's big. That's big. You get Connor to lead and even I money. Bet on, that's I bet, big. I did a season long bet on Connor to win the Art Ross before the season started. You probably got it, what, plus 125? Something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting that it's still plus 100 and you look at the scoring race right now. Um, Leon Dreisaitl is leading the league in goals by two. He's at 35. Two up on Kreider and Matthews. Three up on Matthews. Uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid are tied for the top spot. So the only concern, I guess, would be that dry set of wins it over McDavid. McDavid well, at plus money is juicy. We know what happens at this time of year, right? Like we've seen it a yeah. million times before. I think it was Connor and uh, and Goudreau are really close around this time of year. And Connor ended up beating them by like 35 points or something mm-hmm. stupid. Connor goes nuts at this point of the year. I was even thinking that last night as I was watching the game against the Ducks. He looked he different. He looked different. Dude. He had six shots in the first period. Gibson was, oh, if, if not for Gibson... That game's over in the first. Yes. Connor had three fucking breakaways. Yes. Dan and I were talking about this before, like, and Dan, I I won't steal your point entirely, but his lack of finish is what's a little off about him. Yeah. It just, it just felt like to me being at the game, like you guys said, six great shots and opportunities that he created for himself. But at the very end of it, it just didn't feel like a Connor finish every time. And now you're talking about one of the top five goalies in the league. Agreed. But when do we see Connor come in and try to pick a spot with a shot like that on an open break on? He always makes the first, the first, First and the third breakaways were both like kind of um, partial breakaways. There, there was, wasn't much there to was do. One where he that one, that one yeah. straight up breakaway. I think he just just caught the bit of his shoulder. Otherwise, really that was going. Well, out. and I also think too that Connor's been by his own standards cold for the last little while. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing too, when I was down at the All Star game, um, I was chatting with some people, and one of the coaches of the All Star game kind of walked up to where we were, and he was like, 
hey, is McDavid's not playing tomorrow? And we it was on the Friday and we were like, what do you mean McDavid's not playing? And he was like, yeah, like I heard he's got like a, a lower body thing. Like he's not playing in the game tomorrow. ESPN reported that too. Did they? they? had a knee thing. There something. you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was full, like when they did the player intros for the all-star game, everybody came out like as their teammates and they introduced dry saddle. Then the next guy to come out wasn't McDavid. So I went on my computer and I was like, oh, I'm tweeting out right now. Like Connor McDavid will not play today. He's got a lower body thing. And then McDavid came out last for the Pacific division. I was like, oh shit. You there got it. Gotta bring Save the best last, for baby. last, baby. Come on. Uh, but anyways, maybe that is something that was bugging him for a while. And maybe that's why the production dipped off of his normal standards like there was a point this year we were legitimately talking about two points a game yeah now he's on pace for 118 that's not two points a game we'll so see what happens off. in the next little bit here yeah we will yeah like like i said last night he looked there was no like lbi Connor. on him last night no he was flying last night um anyways the uh the bet i've put down is uh if you take matthews and dry to win the uh, art ross most goals it basically pays out even money in that sense because ross most points or sorry, I, top goal scorer, Rocket Richard. Yeah. If you take them, because it's plus 250, plus 280. So if you put them both, let's say you put 50 bucks on each, you're basically going to win 200 <laughs> if one of them wins. So it's like doubling your money. It's a like safe it. safe play. I don't mind it. <laughs> you fucking Or hey, you if come somebody else I like wins, it. Smart. then you lose everything. Yeah, but like who else? There's only one other person. Ovi, could, Ovi's exactly. concerning in that regard. But right now, I mean, Ovi is four back of Dreisaitl. And he's played the most games out of all of them as but well. But Ovi, like four goals for Ovi, that could be one game. I was just going to say, it could I, be one I, game for fucking 29 as well, though. I think yeah, the sneaky play is to wait until Drysaddle falls out of the lead and then the number will be up higher and then you do it. I don't think he gives up the lead for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. No? this Dude, I'm telling you, man, this team, ever since the Islander game, ever since the coaching change, you're going to see a much, much different version. We've seen in the back half what this team can do, what Connor does, what Leon does. Um, they start, they keep playing like this. They're only going to get better, man. Like I, everyone went nuts about um, to fully going to Calgary last week. I still think the better acquisition was uh, Evander Kane uh, going into that, into this season. I think our rosters were su- pretty similar. Obviously they were, they had uh, the, upscale and goal. Yep. Um, if we can close that goaltending gap a bit, yeah. I honestly, there's well, no reason the why we can't maker. take first place in this fucking division still. That's the difference maker. Uh, Jacob Markstrom is stealing them games regularly. And we haven't had our number one goalie all year. Uh, so the package for Tyler to was Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman, conditional first round pick in the 2022 draft and round and a fifth round pick in the 2023 draft condition, I think was just, uh, I think top 10 protected, protected, top yeah. 10 yeah. protected. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're not going in top 10. So no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, I, I like that deal for both sides. Actually. Like if you're Montreal, you're sitting there now, you have your first, you have Calgary's first, you're going to get a first for Sherratt. If you decide to deal Arturi Lekin in, you're getting a first for him. If you so can find someone to take Petrie, yeah, Dandy, you're getting a first for him at least. Like Montreal could be sitting there hosting the draft this June with five first round picks. Like one in every six picks will just be them. And for the Calgary Flames, I see Toffoli as a hedge because they're probably going to lose Goudreau or Kachuk. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So and I think, I, I think, I think he's gone. He's our Athanasiu. I would make a wager. Yeah. That it's Kachuk gone. Oh, I like this. When's Kachuk up? He's an RFA. Oh, so he's going to cost a lot of money. Just a lot of money. I think they. But like he's going to cost. I think they like Johnny more. But he's going to cost four first round picks too for someone to pick him up, right? If they offer sheet. If they offer sheet. If you go the trade route, then it's not. Uh, you think they'll trade? I don't. I think they'll trade him. I don't understand how they can leave Brad Tree living in charge of that decision though. He might. Yeah, he might not be the GM if they get bounced in the first round. That's a good point too. But I don't. So, yeah. I, I, so who that's knows? one of those. That's one of those weird things where he's. 
I, I don't think you can take the, the reins out of his hands right now, but well, I, under, I understand what you're thinking that if they don't go to a certain point, you're yeah. probably replacing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a, a front. You're right. The franchise altering decision. If you don't love your GM, mm-hmm. but maybe it's coming from the guy who signed there longer, maybe Sutter's on board with it, right? Like yeah. if it, if there's a, I mean, this is not to sound too much like the fucking Koskinen extension, but like if there's a whole room of people saying it's a good idea, then you probably let the GM do it. Even if you're not sold on the GM. Bringing in Toffoli and losing Kachuk, man, that is. But you would also get a four steps back for Kachuk. Yeah. Probably. Like you're flipping them somewhere to get another young but, guy. Yeah. But like, will that young player be as you, the, my guess, my point though would be Calgary in that transaction would lose the best player. Yeah. And they're going to get bits and pieces. Drake of, Batherson in a first for Matt Kachuk and the Kachuk brothers reunite in Ottawa. See, I wouldn't like that because it would be too good. I love Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Yeah. I like Brady Kachuk too. I, I don't mind they, Matthew Kachuk. I like Matthew Kachuk. I just don't want to play yeah. against him. Yes. You know? Yeah. But I don't. I don't see that team giving up on Matthew Kachuk. I don't think you walk away from a Kachuk. Which one? We're just really walking. We away, are. Though. We are Brad for living. Which one would you take, Johnny or or Kachuk? Kachuk. I would take Kachuk. Kachuk. Kachuk in a second. And Tyler's going Johnny. You going Johnny? He's so consistent. Like look back over the last like five six years, right? Yeah. Like he, all that dude does is put up points. If you go back one of the last five but regular seasons, isn't there a way to look at like when when the chips are down, when it's a bit tougher, when it's the playoffs, when it's uh, not so freewheeling out there? That's he disappears. Like we've oh. we've seen in BOAs, and I'm fairly certain that guy just takes them off. So in 30 playoff games for yeah. the Flams, uh, Johnny Gaudreau has eight goals, 11 assists for 19 points. Not crazy. What what is what about his BOA numbers? I don't know. I don't know. I know that'd be tough to bring out. Uh, thirty games. That's crazy. He's got nine. Yeah, nineteen points in thirty playoff games. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just and I especially look at the contract here too. Like, I mean, what what are the two of them going to cost? Like, if I could just pick Double the player, like if, if you're like Tyler, you're building a franchise. You got to pick one. You know, maybe I maybe I take Matt Kachuk in that scenario I do just because he's younger. But, but there's the issue too, is that Johnny Gaudreau has been in the, on this team and been the the person that they've been building around for how long? Yeah. And how long are they going to just continue to have problems with scoring? Well, I just watch him disappear in the playoffs again and Flames fans shit all over him. It's the so best yearly tradition down there. The contracts are probably going to be similar. I bet yeah. you they both come in around eight mil because of where Chuck's qualifying offer is and Gaudreau being in UFA years. What's Gaudreau right now? Six, seven, five. Six, seven, five. And you think only coming at eight? Oh, no. I think he's going to get more than eight. I think they're going double digits because of the market price. Yeah, maybe actually. Yeah, no, I'm probably low on that. You're right. You're right. Okay, so you're saving. You're probably saving a little going with Kachuk. But if you deal Kachuk, you're getting a haul, and you're just you're just keeping Goudreau. So, could you imagine Johnny just walks at the end of the year? Yeah, maybe that is possible. Like me being a little tongue in cheek with the Kachuk thing. Like I I think it's more likely than some people would just assume. Mm -hmm. But I'm not necessarily saying it's a lock that Kachuk has gone over Goudreau. I just think they really like Johnny. You know who's in trouble this summer though. It's Colorado. They're so fucked. <laughs> yeah. Right away. Like well, r- right off the, I think was Nate do it this year or next year. Nate's due next year, but they're probably gonna do the extension this summer. He's 6.3 right now. That's he's the best contract. Double the he's doubling it. He's getting double. 12.8. They're going to oh, make him sure. the highest paid player. In the league. Barkov Barkov out in Florida too is really fucking really, really nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, McKinnon's going to get double. I already got his. Yeah. Next Ka- summer Kadri's though. Gone. You're Next. not keeping, you're not keeping Nazem Kadri with all the points he's have uh, trying to fit him under the cap. Yeah. Cause he's going to try and get his bag. Oh yeah. yeah. 20, 26 and a half mil is what the abs have to spend. Um, they have no goalies under contract. Is that so, a problem? 
Uh, not, not an envious <laughs> position. Um, and then they have to sign Kadri and Burakovsky. Watch them figure out some kind of fucking shenanigans like Vegas always oh, does, though, you know? Yeah. So, like, another team. And Vegas, too, man. I'm, I'm, dude, with Eichel there, I get it. He's a really good player, but... That Leonard injury, I'm telling you. Yeah, that could be really bad for them. It's his, it's the same shoulder. Like he basically, reading between the lines of some reporting from Frank Saravalli, he's like, what, going to need surgery? And so what if Leonard sits there and is like, I'm getting my surgery now. I can't play. They don't have a goalie anymore. Well, Frank Saravalli also reporting dailyfaceoff.com that kicked tires on bringing an old friend back. Hey, listen, man, this, he's old is the right term for, for Fleury. I know he's a great person and everybody would like to have him on your team. He's having and a stuff. good year still. Yeah, but you're, there's no guarantee that bringing him over to, to uh, Las Vegas is going to change things for him. All of a sudden, when you're playing Vegas, you're bringing a much better uh, version of your own self yeah. than you are when you're playing Chicago. Um, yeah, you're not guaranteed. I mean, you look at uh, look at Grubauer. He, had, he was in Vesna talk last year. Now the guy can barely get through a whole game. I want Flurry to go to Colorado so bad. So Kemper can come here? Yeah. Or Francis. One of those two. I'll take either of them. The fact that the Vegas Golden Knights were kicking tires on Marc-Andre Fleury and $7 million of Marc-Andre Fleury when they had to do the hoops and leaps and bounds to get Mark Stone. But the on only the reason they would be, they would get Fleury is because Leonard's LTIR. done for the year and they can yeah, have like, Leonard. Exactly. But like, that's just getting effing annoying it is well it's because we haven't gotten a chance to do it's it true. yet like if oscar we do it in comes a, back we do it in, in a second with but keith and with cassian with Turris. i hope they can i hope cassian's done for the Ka- regular season cassian just for is the hurt until space. april but whatever <laughs> you know it's gonna be very hard to keep mark stone out of the lineup for 11 10 or 11 weeks that's what it is but he's got to stay Vegas. out yes it is why they might lose home ice in the first gonna round we're right behind you're gonna need a doctor you're gonna need a doctor for one who's gonna sign off on that the whole damn time but the other thing too is Stone is that it's a back thing, right? Yeah. So back, Stone, if Stone's in on it, Stone could be sitting there that's, being like, "No, nah, a little bit longer with the back. It's not quite there. I'm not risking it." That's Kyle. Turris. That's just a little kind of greasy too, though, because like you'd have to imagine he wants to play. You'd think, right? And there's got to be a doctor who said, "Like, listen, I get it. You say it's still sore, but there's nothing here. There's nothing I can't sign off. Soft on this tissue. Right now. Soft right. tissue." Nikita Kucherov came back like the day before the season, the playoffs started. So yeah, but those were those you were can more, find a those doctor. were more like timelines that were a little bit more appropriate to say that Mark Stone, who's been played all year, who's you know had a couple three or four uh, injury breaks already. Uh, 11 weeks. That's a long time. I was going to say Mark Stone has not played all year. He was hurt with a back injury, oh, yeah, came back and then magically had to go out with the back injury. Yeah, the he's, I think I he's been turn. fighting this back thing for a while, which I get it, but Clearly. I mean, I, uh, 11 so. weeks is a long time. And if 11 weeks without, without playing time, I'm not so sure how good of a player he is. Making I, will, back either. I will say to your point, bag milk though, we should stop complaining about it too much because we do want to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, just like, cause if again, it's going to be gone right away though. You, well, yeah. Chris gear, Thanks Over at dailyfaceoff.com has been writing about it, how it might be time for the NHL to close up this LTIR. I think there's probably some GMs out there who don't even want to take advantage of it because they don't, like morally, they have a leg. Well, they're, 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 they're fucking not trying to win, are they? <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, and that's always been the thing with sports, right? They talk about that with the Astros garbage can thing. Yeah. It's like, well, was that cheating or was that just trying to get an edge to win a game? The GMs are GMs and they're like, fuck, my team is too good at staying healthy. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <sighs> I'm missing eight weeks with hurt feelings. <laughs> All right. Busterspizza.ca. It's time for Ask the Idiots. I got some questions from you. If you don't know the bit, of course, the boys have not seen my questions yet. Unless Dan's peeking. Are you peeking? Nope. Thank you. No snooping. No, no peeking. Our friends at Just Buster's snoops. Pizza won't allow it. 
go to busterspizza.ca. I guarantee there is a location near you. Get yourself some za, get yourself a donair, maybe some wings. Delicious. Delicious. Busterspizza.ca. Find a location near you. All right, boys. Ask the idiots time. I got a, a, a bunch of questions here. Uh, if you submitted me questions that I didn't get to you this week, I just had a ton. So um, please keep sending them in. I'm going to try and sneak as many of these in for the boys as possible. Uh, but sometimes we just run out of time, you know? Sometimes we just run out of time. We kind of covered this one a little bit early on in the delicious debate, but Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about style, style of play. What's the main difference you've seen with Woodcroft's style of play compared uh-huh. to Tippett's style of play? The one thing that a lot of people have pointed out is just being more aggressive uh, in terms of attacking the oncoming rush, right? Like the defenders are stepping up a lot quicker. And I also think the D-men have been a lot more active. I've noticed this with Niemelainen and Broberg specifically, the D-men are more active in the neutral zone as well. Like that sort of far side D-man, if the play's happening on one side of the ice, the guy on the far side is up and bang in that rush a lot more. Think of the Zach Hyman goal that he scored against the Islanders. Broberg was up in that rush. Mm-hmm. Niemelainen's been getting up in the rush. Guys who aren't your prototypical offensive defensemen are seemingly being coached to get up in the rush more. And that's something that I've noticed. Rick, what do you notice? Uh, it's been the play without the puck. So I think that's kind of what Tyler covered there. Um, but that's one thing that he, that's one thing that Woody came in here and said, that we're going to talk about, you know, deal how to, how to play without the puck. You spend most of the game without the puck. Um, you can still have a lot of effect on the game when you, when you don't have it. And I think that's one thing they've been working on so far. Dan. The, I would say it's that they're like goldfish. The, they come out, the and crackers? They, a, they come out and they have a bad ship delicious and it doesn't seem to affect them. They have a, they have a really good ability to just be the next guy up. And we've seen it with these battle backs. We're starting to get that same kind of swagger we had at the start of the year where, um, you know, the, the team goes down and it doesn't feel like you're defeated. Like Tyler put a bet down on the team when they were down one, nothing, you know, that kind of confidence is coming back and it seems to be back because of Woodcroft and Manson. Tyler, did you put a comeback bet? Cause you were confident or are you just a de- degenerate? Uh, no, I was confident. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, granted a lot of the times it is cause I'm a degenerate. I'm, I'm fully aware of that, but I was sitting at the game uh, with my girlfriend and I was just like, God, Anaheim is terrible. And she was like, yeah, Anaheim does not look good. And I was like, you're right. This is live bet territory. She was like, what? That was my phone out in a bed. For me, biggest difference that I think Tyler kind of covered it, but standing up at the blue line, the defenseman, that is a huge difference to me. That was noticeable right away. Instead of backing up into their old goaltender like they were, it was driving me fucking nuts. And I'm glad to see that as a issue that's seemingly been corrected or at least adjusted. Question number two, ask the idiots. I'm going to start. I'm going to reverse the order this time. Dan, coming at you first. Which player that played for the Oilers organization is one that you swore would break out and be a big star, but just never ended up making it? Easy answer. Top of mind, Rob Shrimp. The guy had all the talent and all the hands in the world, but his boots just never caught up to him. And it killed me to watch his skill just kind of peter away. And it went to the New York Islanders and then... Europe after that. Yeah. I remember when the rookies would play the golden bears and they would do the little shootout challenge at the end. And that was one of the first times I ever saw somebody really go nuts with one of those lacrosse style shootout yeah. goals. He, would, he was almost an originator when it came to this yeah. level. Yeah. Rick, who's a player that you thought would be a big star. Just, couldn't get it done. Just Google like the drafts from like the late nineties on. <laughs> um, honestly, I think after that, you, you look at, uh, uh, our friend, uh, nail. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, dude had all the offense in the world. He kind of expected it to kind of like just seep out and make up for his defensive woes and the rest of his woes. But that was never a thing. And unfortunately, he's playing off in uh, in Russia now. So 
yeah, there's number one pick. We had a lot of hope behind him, but I find that with nail Yakupov, a lot of people want to rewrite history on that one Mm -hmm. as if he wasn't the consensus number, number one pick that year. Dude, I still take him over number two right now. Well, Ryan Murray. And, yes. Uh, and the I rest of them, you could. You electrifying moments of Yakovov over Murray's career. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's it's not reasonable to think that Grigorenko or. Uh, Fuck, what is Grigorenko even doing? Is he in the league still? Who's the other one so. that was There's that, no way. There was two, two, two big Russian guys, I think. They went like three and eight. Uh, or was, it, like that. was that in the Shushkin's year? No. Zherdev? No. No. He ended up with Zatter? Montreal, I think. Nikolai Zherdev. There was, oh, oh what's Jared's old, old. What's his name that bounces around? Uh, every oh, team Galchenyuk. Yeah, Galchenyuk. Yeah, there you so go. So Yak, Murray, Galchenyuk, Griffin, Reinhardt, Morgan Riley, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Derek Pouliot, Jacob Truba, Slater, Cuckoo was the top 10. What a terrible. Ooh, wow. Three, like that, four, who goes in there? Too? Tyler, who goes first on that one for you? Dumba? In a redraft? Yeah, uh, I'd it would take be, Dumba. Probably. You got to go Cuckoo. I'm just sorting here by who is the most points in that draft. Um, you probably take Morgan Riley first. Oh overall, yeah, because yeah, he was late first, right? Or Forsberg or Hurdle. Those are the two higher scoring yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Forsberg, yeah. I think. But Dumba's, Tom Wilson. Dumba's been fucking. Oh, I'd love to have a player like Tom Wilson. I know you're probably, uh, that's probably not the most popular we have thing one. for some people to say. Ninety one. Like have him too. Ninety one. Does, does Kane hit like? He will. Wilson, though? Yeah, I think when he gets someone, he doesn't like go out. He won't go. Yeah, anymore. he won't go search for it. But uh, you saw what Lemieux. he did. Yeah, you saw what he did to Lemieux. I think. Oh, hey, how about this? Fifteenth overall in that draft, our boy Cody Cece. Hundred tenth overall was Andreas Athanasiu. <laughs> the amount of former Oilers in this draft. Eric Correct. Gustafson, Edmonton picked Hours. him, and he never played a game. Tyler, which player did you believe in strongly mm-hmm. that just never quite made it? Magnus Pierre. Yeah. Preseason hat trick. I thought he'd be the best body again. One of those early draft picks in the rebuild when I think optimism was still high about the Oilers drafting ability. And it's like, you know, we had, we had as a fan base and I know I'm speaking a little bit before my time, but like never really seen those high level picks, right. Or this many of them. And this rebuild was supposed to be so exciting and every pick was going to hit him. PRV is going to be this kind of like one, two punch with hall or whoever we had around at the time. I guess he was was before hall and it was hope and and never had proper veterans around those guys too. That's Which one, is why one thing watch Ottawa's got to be careful. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think that's a big reason Ottawa's going to go hard after Giroux this summer. They have to, um, and that's why I'm sitting there with Montreal, and it's like, oh, do you trade Brendan Gallagher? Do you trade Josh Anderson? And I'm kind of sitting there watching it, being like, from an Oilers perspective, like, beware, don't strip her right down to the studs. No. Nope. Nope. Uh, for me, just to wrap this one up, I'm going to go to the 2000 draft. We heard about this guy for a long time. He only ended up playing two games for the Oilers. 17th overall pick, Alexei Mikhanov. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the big Russian that with the hands that would come over and do stuff. He was gigantic. 6'5". Mm-hmm. But in two games, that's all she wrote. When did he play those games? Like 06? 06, 07. Yeah. I remember as a kid getting his rookie card and being like, whoa. I remember that's when awesome. he would show up to rookie camps and he would just dwarf everyone. Yeah. How big was he? 6'5". That's a that tall drink of water. Then. Thick unit. Absolutely. Uh, Rick, I'm going to start body. with you. This one's coming in. This is an easy one. Ooh. What's the best Slurpee flavor? Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a steak and potatoes. I'm a jeans and t-shirt. I'm a Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Dan, you going to that Always, too? Always. You have to go cola. And the trick is 
always pick, uh, it doesn't matter if it's Pepsi or Coca-Cola to me, yeah. as long as you pick the darker of the two looking uh, for the record, the bigger questionnaire is that it's a Slurpee. I'm not talking a frosty or a froster yeah, or whatever slurp. Like the seven well, 11 is far brought to you by seven 11. It is K has some pretty good ones. It's yeah, not, like no, I don't, it's not, it's not a Slurpee. Cold sucks. It's not a Slurpee. No, that's, that's another one. Tyler. Cola. Yeah. Just if you can get Coke, I, the one thing I'll say is if you can get me a vanilla or a cherry iteration of it, yeah, I'm, a, I'm all delicious. over that. Like a cherry Coke, cherry Pepsi Slurpee. If I am at a parking lot with Tyler and you run in and say, I'm going to get you a Slurpee. What do you want? I'll just say anything brown. Yeah. Dr. Pepper uh, would work too. Dr. Pepper works. Do you guys, beer. do you guys like to mix in a little bit of the, the fountain pops as well? Or no, I don't no, do that. that I don't do that. Only if I'm going to mix it, I would do something like, Seven Lime up. with a seven up or a Sprite or something a like seven that. seven up in there doesn't Yeah, hurt. if you need like a, a nice refresher, yeah. I, I don't mind going a layer of mango and then seven up. It's not Delicious. a bad combo. Or a froster with lime and <laughs> vanilla ice cream. Let's go I, I don't do that either. Let's go to the 7-Eleven. Creamsicle. I don't have flavor. a 7-Eleven near me. I have a Circle K. We talk about it a lot on real life. We lost Slurpee talk on real life. Uh, question talk no- screamers though? Oh, I've got time for a screamer. Right. You got to be in a certain mood. Yeah. That's what Dan was saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah did you know Devin surf. Shore was taken in the same year as Nail Yakupov? Where did he go? He went 61st overall. How Dallas. much of our current roster comes from that draft year alone? Seems like too oh much. Oh my God. This is actually an insane collection of former Oilers in this draft. And current. <laughs> yeah. So Slater Cuckoo was in that draft. Pontus Aberg was in that draft. Um, <laughs> Chuchar Kara, Matt Benning. My lord, Devin Shore's in that draft. Like ghosts from the past here. Yikes! Yeah, then there's Yak. I'm just going in like reverse order of who has the most career points. CC, we already mentioned. Like uh, Athens, you. I guess he didn't play here. Reinhardt. Uh, wow, this is pretty wild. Where are you now, big cat? Anthony Stolars, Griffin Reiner. Yeah, you mentioned a him. great Oiler, yeah. Anthony Stolars. Wow. That was like, that was quite the draft, quite the draft. Anyways. Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Tyler, when Keith comes back into the lineup, where does Nima Linen fit? When Keith comes back, Nima Linen's your third pairing guy on that left side. Um, I, I honestly think he's done enough to earn that spot. I, I don't see a reason to take him out of the lineup. He brings you something you don't need. He's trustworthy with the puck, even though he's not necessarily like a strong puck mover per se. Um, you can trust that guy in a lot of situations. And I think as he gets more comfortable in the NHL, he's only going to get more mean and he's only going to get more effective. Rick, where does uh, Nima line fit when Keith comes back? Fits on the blue line. I'm not getting rid of him. Uh, I'll say one thing I, I might consider um, when you get Keith back, maybe that's an exit for Barry. Move Keith to the left or Keith to the right and let the other team go, keep going down the left. Nima line and doesn't fit in a lot of doors, but he fits on this blue line. Yeah. But, um, shh, they could have hit it. Wrong one. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> See, so aggressive. Where does Nima Lydon fit when Keats back? Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm really liking this seven defenseman thing. So yeah, I hope he has a spot on this team. It's it's been a long time since like Jason Smith, really, since this team has had a real sandpaper style defense. He's not Gator yet. No, no, but I'm saying that that's that type of, you know, hit the guy, smash him in the mouth defense, but we haven't had that in a long, long time. I like mean guys. So I'm going to say that when Keith comes back, Broberg is out. Niemelainen stays in. That's just my guess. Last question for ask the idiots. I'm going to start with Rick on this one. Unfortunately, our boy, yes, Puliarvi is going to be out four weeks with a lower body injury. Gregor had that this morning on the tweet machines. How are you rejigging the lines, Rick? 
Uh, that's a good question. I think I'm just putting McLeod up there. He kind of like took that spot last night. Um, now you're talking about, I guess, are we still playing with 10 forwards, 11 forwards, 12 forwards? You're going to look at bringing somebody in. I'm really good bringing in Perlini. Um, if you, I'm not bringing in Brad Malone. Uh, if you want to, if, if you want to give somebody a shot, I think the guy you give a shot to would be Lavoie. I don't know if you want to give it to him quite yet though. I'd probably bring him before I bring Holloway, but I'm looking at probably Sevier. If you're bringing somebody up off, off, uh, from Baco. Shout out to Colton Sevier for damn near killing a guy. Allegedly killed him. It's gotta be tougher out there. <laughs> Spines like in half, and you're like, "Hey, listen, yeah, <laughs> you gotta protect I come yourself." Guy come from the '80s. Walk it off, pal. Uh, his name is Rathbone. He shouldn't have any problem with his spine. Tyler, how are you rejigging the lines? Uh, I'm going to move McLeod up to the top six, kind of the way they finish off the game. I'm going to play McLeod with Evander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl. Have someone flipped over, and then I'm going to play Yamamoto with Hyman and Connor McDavid. My third line, not touching that because it's the new perfection line. And then um, I would like to bring up Cooper Marodi. I'm playing with Tyler Benson as the extra forwards. I think that... McLeod will get bumped up and Benson will come in and you don't want to know that you're going to need somebody. Like who do you bring up though? Cause somebody's going to have to come up, just kind of hang out and I think eat they popcorn re- or something. They probably, I could even see them. Like I know Dan saying Brad Malone cause that's on, <laughs> on brand, but like I could see it happening yeah. if he's going to be a guy that just sits in the press box. Honestly, might as well. Yeah. You've got, I mean, I you could always just play Perlini as well. Right. Well, and tourists is skating. So, I mean the tourists and Brad Malone, Brad Malone's probably a little more uh, better two way player, but you're kind of bringing in the same type. I of think the person. real question is who looks best in a suit because they're going to be wearing one. Mm, good point. You know, popcorn per 60. Um, I actually, I don't hate the idea of, yeah, bringing up Malone, healthy, scratching him. And then your extra line is like Benson and Perlini. And then you just have the centerman float. Is there through. any cap issue trying to bring up Malone? Uh, did he go to like an NHL contract? Ooh, I'd like they already signed him to an NHL deal and he cleared waivers. Yeah. So he's getting paid NHL money to play in the HL right now. I believe so. It wasn't a two-way deal. No, he know. was he was signed by the Condors. To start it was, a, it was a one-year two-way. He was on an American League deal. Then they signed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on AHL, so now he's on a two-way. So he's still getting his he's getting his uh, AHL money right now, not NHL money. I believe so. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to know how this works. I'm not going to pretend to do. Uh, there you go. Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. I've got my little randomizer out. I've got a prize to give away to one very handsome individual that submitted a question to us. My little thing is spinning. Tyler, once again, is knocking the table. He just fell off his chair. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm good. You just don't want to be on TV anymore. That's his problem. Logan, you are the winner of this week's Buster's Pizza gift card. You asked what's the biggest difference in style of play between Woodcroft and Tippett. I will write this down right now. Logan is the winner of the Buster's Pizza GC. Love that. Buster's, Buster's. You're really going to enjoy that, Logan. You're really going to enjoy that. Uh, A couple of things while Tyler's moving back over to his desk for the hot and cold performers of the week. I don't think we could finish off the podcast without talking about the Team Canada women winning gold. Maybe that was going to be someone's hot performer. Mary Philip Poulain is a fucking... Absolute goat out there. She's the second she's eligible. She's in the hockey hall of fame. What was the stat you gave us yesterday on real life, Tyler, about her? She's appeared in four gold medal games. Mm -hmm. Um, Seven goals. She's the, yeah, she scored 70% of Canada's goals in those games. Uh, She's the only hockey player to ever score in four Olympic gold medal games. 
Bananas. Wow. It's insane. Absolutely insane. So shout out to the Canadian women's Olympic team for bringing the gold here. Tyler, what is going on right now? Hey, this is, this is our new life as we try to make more video content. Sometimes cables are going to get wired around and, and stuff. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is (laughs) team Canada. The men got bumped out Sweden fucking Anton Lander with the nail in the coffin at the end. How dare you Anton Lander? That way the deal Anton, you were supposed to be our captain. Do you remember that? What? Yeah. You don't remember that? He was going to be our next captain. He was going to be the next captain. Uh, it was in his personality. That's just kind of guy he was. Who said that? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Rick and I do. I know. Uh, the other thing I want to say, we talked about Leon Dreisaitl a little bit earlier. Tyler's betting on him to be, what's going on with you? Just, just don't roll. reference it. People on the <laughs> podcast don't know if I'm moving around in the office. Just roll. Just go keep talking. But I was, all I was doing was reaching. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm doing is reaching over for my phone and you're like, Oh, better disrupt the flow of the whole podcast mm-hmm. for something that people at home don't know about. Before people we, like when I acknowledge you though, before true. we started recording, Tyler did ask, did we record this podcast last week? <laughs> I was gone. <laughs> Weren't we the highest? Yeah. Best Most downloaded ever. ever. Uh, the other thing I want to mention quickly, since Tyler was betting on Leon Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl is the fastest oiler to the 35 goal mark in a season since Jimmy Carson did it in 47 games back in 1988. Friend of the show? No, that's Shane. While, while hosting a late night show as well. Jimmy yeah, Carson it was pretty that. amazing that he was able to do that. Tyler doesn't get any of those. <laughs> I get the joke. Jet. I get a, a Jimmy jet. Carson joke. I just didn't laugh. Get a Jeez. private jet. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. Super Bowl halftime show. Us old boys, we loved it. Yeah, this that could have been someone's top performer too. I don't care. You're going to have to come up with something different. Rick, what do you think of the halftime show? Oh, buddy, that's fantastic. I, uh, there, there's one thing I wanted to see, I think, was the uh, Tupac hologram. Yeah, we missed the Tupac hologram. Um, especially when they brought Ophidi, right? Like, you brought Ophidi. That was a bit of a surprise. As a hologram. Oh, you wish. He's himself. alive and they still just do a hologram. Dude, I love the fact they brought him up upside down too. What I loved is there was youngsters like Tyler. I didn't get it. They didn't remember the end of club video. So oh, they didn't understand man. the upside down thing. Oh yeah. No, I, I, right away. I knew down. exactly the fuck was going on. Of course we did. We're getting old. And then there was a little, there was a little uh, shout out for Tupac. I think mm-hmm. when, uh, played when Dre piano. played the piano there. Yep. It was Dan, good, man. Think? What do you think? You're not a big hip hop guy, are you? I'm not a big football guy right now, to be honest. I didn't watch the big game. I didn't watch really? the Super Bowl at all. Wow. I just you can't say the, Super Bowl. They'll sue us. I said Super Bowl. Oh, Super nice. Bowl. Is that a thing? Yeah. No. Well, most podcast. people most people don't say they just say the big game because you like can't advertisers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The big game. Every every organization out there is a dick yeah, when it comes Rick, to yeah. advertising, and I'm sure Rick most people in this room know that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Super Bowl halftime show. Good time. But I, I, I don't it. mind. Run it back next year. Yeah, it was. It Run was it nice back. Year. We were talking about that on Real Life yesterday. What do they do? I think they should stick with hip hop next year. Uh, maybe go to the west side or go to the east side. You go to someone like Nas and and Jay Z and Jay Z. Well, Kanye told us then that he keeps the, turning it down. Then you get the Biggie. Yeah. Then you get the Biggie. Um, no Kodak uh, Black mentions at all. Oh, Kodak Black. Well, well he's he, down I mean, a he foot. Got, yeah, he got shot outside that Bieber concert. Down a foot, so. He did. Yeah. yeah. What? He got shot outside a Bieber concert. Yeah, check out TMZ. You can like watch a, it. A week ago. Um, I oh. think it should be Bieber. I think Bieber, Bieber would be great. Bieber with like a DJ Khaled appearance, a Drake appearance. Taylor Maybe Swift. Wheezy comes out. They do uh chance the, the rapper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or do you get away from the rap genre because you're not going to be able to do this again? And you do you go to somebody else? This one? You can't beat this. Especially you don't want to go back to back. 
Which is why I think you could uh, still get a little bit of that by going with Bieber and Friends. Because it'd still be like yeah. hip hop but it's more modern. He's and, also a massive artist. Yeah, like it'll be, it'd be huge. Canadian royalty show at the halftime show. You got Drake, you got Bieber and The Weeknd. Yeah. And the Canadians take over the Super Bowl show. That'd be great. And Celine Dion comes out. She does uh, the Titanic song. Everybody's having a good time. Twain. Yeah. And they truly oh. are the world champions. Yep. International. Mm-hmm. All right. Tyler, it's time to get your buttons ready. Let's They're get ready. to the Deuce Vodka hot and cold performers. If you go to deucevodka.com, first thing you see, as always, Brett Kissel's handsome face. Click on the find in-store locator right beside that. That's where you get a bottle for the weekend, provided that you are of legal drinking age. Again, that is deucevodka.com. We start off with our veggies. Okay. In the hot and cold performers, that is the cold performer of the week. Right beside me, Nation Dan, you're up first. Deuce Vodka, cold performer of the week. Well, mine's going to go out to an entire country. You've now been you now have been punished, Russia, by the Olympic Committee, and are not allowed to even pretend to be yourself. And you still are cheating. You're still getting caught for cheating. Your athletes are still being caught for cheating. You now have a 15 year old. I don't that's know. That's mired in a scandal. I think they, I guarantee they, she didn't. She didn't know. I'm going to go on record right now. Terrible. In allegedly, in my opinion, she didn't know, and that's just <laughs> annoying to me. So the Russian Olympic Committee, the fact that your athletes are still cheating to this day. You're get my deuce vodka cold performer of the week. I'm upset. It's not even their athletes are doing it. They're doing it to their athletes. They're treating their, yeah. they're treating human beings like robots, like trash. Like it's t- absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the IOC does. Cause there's gotta be death penalty. Something. Bring in the NCAA death penalty. It's enough. Kill their program for 10 years. No more Olympics for you, Russia. I wonder if anybody's cracked the code on what ROC means. You know, they really made it difficult to understand which country people are coming from. Yeah. All from Russia. <laughs> That's their birthplace. It's weird. Jay-Z. Yeah, Rock Nation. Uh, Rick, Rock you're, Nation. you're up first. <laughs> Deuce Vodka Cold Firm of the Week. Uh, honestly, I think it, it came out on video yesterday or the day before, and it's absolutely fucking terrible. And I can't even give it to one person. It's going to go to two. It's going to go to a couple. It's going to go to the family Stafford. Um, we watched, uh, I don't know who watched the video now, but oh, you've yeah. seen that girl who was about to take a, a photo of, of Matthew, not Matt and his, uh, and his wife. Oh, see so like Matthew, eh? Uh, that's well on the back of her jacket yeah. on, oh, okay. uh, on Super Bowl thing. Sunday, or maybe the parade it's Matthew, not Matt. Oh, just so we'll go with, we'll, with the back we'll, of her yeah, so we'll call him Matt from now on. Okay. Anyways, this girl is about to take their picture, has her phone in, has the uh, Mrs. Stafford's phone in her hand, takes one more step backwards, falls off the stage. Matt looks, goes, oh shit, or oh wow, looks right at it and just turns, walks away. Then Mrs. Stafford walks, looks like she's doing something nice, at least walks up there with like, oh my, some like some terror in her face, walks up there, bends over, grabs her phone back, picks it up and walks away. While what? this lady is on the ground, fractured spine, who that oh now God. now that everything's come out on video, oh my God, the Stafford's like, oh well, we'll take care of the fucking uh, the hospital bills, obviously. Sure. Terrible, terrible human beings. All he had to do was like look at somebody, not like a player, and go, oh my God, she just fell, help her out, and then walk away. That's all you got to do. Instead, he watched it, said whatever, turned his turned his back to her, and then Mama Stafford goes picks up her fucking phone. Both of them are the cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Tyler, you're Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is going out to uh, the situation involving Adam Brooks. This guy (laughs) has been claimed on waivers now four times this NHL season. It's ridiculous. The Leafs like had him. 
put him on waivers, got him back, put him back on waivers. And then like, whatever, I think Seattle, I don't even know who is all Montreal, in this. Vegas. Yeah. Like the fact that this guy has been on waivers and claimed four times and basically had to move four times and live in limbo like this is a really bad look for the NHL. And I actually think like, it's like on a service level, it's hilarious. Um, but like, actually they need to do something about this in my opinion. And I think they need to put in a rule where once you've been put through waivers three times, or maybe once you've been to three organizations, you're done on waivers for the year, you're waiver exempt. You're still like, if a team is going to claim you, they need to keep you in the NHL for the entire season. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Situation around Adam Brooks. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok and flat out deceived. Well, and I will say for that suggestion too, it doesn't necessarily mean that player can't be transacted anymore. It just means you have to do a trade for them. Yeah. Instead. You need to show that you actually yeah. want him and you're not just trying to bury him in the minors. Low tides tweet was hilarious for that first month's rent and last month's rent. This is starting to add up for him. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Maybe it's just that they get a no movement clause onto their contract. Yeah. I hope 13. he's at least getting a collection of pens from the hotels. He's at, you know, then that way the player buttons. can decide whether they want to be passed around Team or not. Yeah. yeah. Does he get a Jersey? Do you think? I was going to ask that actually, because we were talking about it before the show with the Anton Forsberg. I was curious. I I would love for us to reach out to one of our daily faceoff colleagues and ask, do these goalies get equipment sets from these teams? Cause like, cause I remember specifically Forsberg had an Oilers kit that he was wearing, but he was signed as a free agent. So he would have had all summer. You can order it and, ter- and sure. And they will. But if you get fucking picked up the next week, McKenna has his closet of jerseys that he does his show from. And he says he had to buy some of those. I buy for the teams he played for. Yeah, Dude, I was <laughs> a couple of years. Well, do we have laddie on this? Uh, I was talking to laddie once and we were going to get his Jersey put up uh, beside the Davy Jersey at the bar. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, let me just go pick one up for you. Like he's got to go buy his own before he can sign. Who for is it. This? Lord, 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 oh, that makes, that makes sense. I guess in the standpoint, from the standpoint of like, you don't want an unlimited supply, but you would think that players could get you, their own jerseys. You can way. slow that shit on. I, I can't go to this. I can barely go to the store right now and buy a, a, a jersey with a name on it unless it's one of the big ones, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, if you wanted to shoot me, true. they got to do it anyways. Like, it's, you can't tell me that one of those guys back there can't just like quickly sew on a name bar. They go through, I think they have to go through like a lead or whatever. I think they have like a deal for jerseys. They probably do, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he probably has a whole bunch of blanks yeah, yeah, yeah. At, uh, yeah. in the office. Probably that guy, yeah. I think it's just a bit more of a process maybe than we think it is. Fair enough, but it's yeah. definitely, hey, listen, Anyways. call him up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an alumni. Yeah, yeah, we'll have it taken care of for you real fast. Bag milk, cold performer? My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is the Oilers power play. They have gone one for 12 over the last game or last three games, and it makes me sad inside. It's been up and down like a toilet seat, really. It really has. Nico Jolly sent me that button. Shout out to Nico. I didn't respond to your email. I'm sorry, but I saw it today and I was like, shit, I should add that in. That's a good button. Yep. Flipping the ledger. Let's finish off this year podcast with some positive news from the last seven weeks, uh, seven days, I should say. Tyler, you're up first. Duzvaka Hop for the week. The KIJHL announced today the creation of the Jackson Joseph Memorial Scholarship. Jackson Joseph uh, was one of my friends throughout high school, after high school, all that stuff, passed away in the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Um, still think about him, honestly, every day, and that that's not a stretch at all. Uh, one scholarship will be awarded every year to a player, and they will get a chance to, uh, it'll help them pursue their dreams of playing college hockey, which is something Jackson wanted to do and didn't get a chance to do. So the KIJHL for keeping Jackson's memory going, you get my hot performer of the week. Couple claps, there we go, we're good. Uh, Nation Dan, your Deuce Vaga Hop Performer of the Week. Uh, her name is Erin Jackson. And this past weekend, 
after just starting to skate six years ago, does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Just starting to skate six years ago, uh, she won the 500 meter speed skating gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah, incredible, incredible achievement. I don't think I'm going to be at any Olympics in six years. How dare you? But, but the bar has been set. But I do have a chance. There's a chance. And so to you, Aaron Jackson, you get my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. I can't believe it! How is she a 47 time inline skating champion? Well, because they, because they have meets like every second weekend. That's great. Like, I read that. I'm like 47 yeah. times. How is that a thing? They have, they have meets at ovals all around the world. And it's just like, not every <laughs> person shows up every time. So the Stanley cups just handed out every week to whoever beats the lightning the most. Uh, Dan, if you don't, if you're not in the 20, whatever Olympics, you failed. The yep. ones here in Canada. Uh, Rick, your yeah. Deuce Vodka hop from the week. Well, I'm going to go back to our hockey team here and I'm going to give it to, uh, to one of our new players. I think 91 has really stepped up. He's, uh, he's scoring goals. He's doing the greasy things that we want to see out there too. He's giving uh, shots to Lemieux. He's out there. He's, he's mucking it up. Uh, it's the type of player that we need right now. And he's, he's, I think the team's playing differently with them. So, uh, we're going to give it to Evander Kane. He's a hot guy. Uh, Evander Kane had two points last night four goals, four assists for eight points in nine games played. He is also plus eight with the Oilers. Very, very strong start for Evander Kane. I'm also going to give Evander Kane my hot performer of the week, just because man, did I ever laugh out loud? Like there, there are many times when I'm watching an Oilers game, but I legitimately burst out laughing, but I certainly did when he popped Brendan Lemieux in the mouth and he folded over it. Not, not only did that happen, I also got to give some love to Dan for the meme he made after with the wasted from grand theft auto. So fucking funny again, that, Gives us a flavor of content that we, or a flavor of player that we just don't have in the lineup. And I'm going to give Evander Kane a second shout out because I like it. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm flat. You ain't because you not. Love Mims. Shout out to Mims. All right. There you go. Weather's Nation Radio episode 180 is in the books. I got to give a thank you to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, and Buster's Pizza for making it all possible. And more importantly, you for welcoming us into your ear holes every single Friday. We're here. We'll be back next Friday. Lots to get to. Here's hope no others. Keep on rolling. Big week next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out Dave Jamison. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.